Night gathers, and now our podcast begins. It shall not end until we're done talking. We are the princes that were promised. Hello, and welcome to The Princes That Were Promised, The Wardens of Strong Island. I'm one of your hosts, Sean, and with me as always is my, the illustrious John Canteen. How are we doing? And uh, today we're going to do something a little different. Um, we've been talking mostly about uh, characters from A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. Uh, today we want to talk about Valyrian Steel. And... Um, we were, there's so many Valyrian steel swords, um, in, in Westeros, um, in A Song of Ice and Fire, and John and I both agree that, um, these swords will, will, will play an important part in the end game of the story and have already played a very important part in the story thus far. So, uh, what Valyrian steel is, um, is it's... A steel manufactured in what that was manufactured in the Valyrian Freehold. Um, so this was the the home of House Targaryen and um, House Valyrian, um, and many powerful houses that are now extinct when the Doom came to Valyria. And um, do you want to kind of explain what the Doom was that came to to Valyria? How's your Valyrian history? It's it's okay. I'm not All sure right. if I can go through the uh, the full synopsis of it, but they had that was it was it like volcanoes and stuff like well, that exploded up. Yeah, kind of like pretty uh, much. It was kind of like a it was an I don't want to say an apocalyptic event be, because you know there is um, I guess it was an apocalyptic event. You know, um, was it by uh, natural causes or possibilities that it was maybe kind of like. Uh, a purposely attacked well, sabotage well, to create that uh, destruction. Well, no, I don't. I, I mean, it was it was there was volcanoes, like you were saying, earthquakes. Uh, just literally, um, the land uh, uh, Valyria came apart at the seams. Um, the doom came and destroyed Valyria. This this magical this magical place where um, the people were able to create these this steel um, and. You know, Valyrian steel, the blades made of Valyrian steel are lighter, stronger, and sharper uh, than any steel found in Westeros. Um, they feature distinctive rippled patterns. Um, the mark of the steel has been folded back on itself many thousands of times. Um, so all of this goes into the creation of one Valyrian steel blade. Um, so the, the, the blades that are in Westeros, they're all treasured heirlooms of, uh, of the noble houses that that own them, and they each have their own name and their own storied history. Um, a, a Valyrian steel blade will keep its edge forever. Uh, it'll never go dull. Does not need sharpening. Hence, why did they have Jon Snow sharpen the sword in season two? Oh, in the show? <laughs> well, there you go. Benioff, Benioff and Weiss. Doing at, it, at it again. <laughs> yeah. 
really doing their homework, those guys. Uh, Valyrian steel is always costly, uh, but became considerably more so when there was no more Valyria. Um, and the secret of making Valyrian steel was lost with the Doom. Um, what house, who, who is the guys that they said that can, they know the secrets to how to reforge? Well, there's there's no uh, no particular house knows it, but uh, a lot of you know like the great the great weaponsmiths of Westeros claim they can work with Valyrian steel. We know that Topol Mott, um, the the weaponsmith that uh, that housed uh, Gendry that Eddard Stark meets in Game of Thrones. Uh, we know he can work with Valyrian steel, and we know this because um, you know we'll get into ice in in, in a couple minutes, but um, Tywin tasks Tapomot with uh, reforging ice, uh, the Valyrian steel sword of House Stark into uh, two, swords. Two, two new swords. Um, and then the um, the, co- the Kohor, um, the Kohorix, claim to be able to, for- to work with Valyrian steel. But no one can, can, can make new Valyrian steel. These people can only work with existing Valyrian steel. Um, a process which you know uh, only master weaponsmiths can uh, can can do. Um, so real quick, the Doom of Valyria is the name for the cataclysmic uh, for the cataclysm of an unspecified nature that caused the collapse of the Valyrian freehold, which had prior to the Doom been prospering for five thousand years. Uh, so it occurred about a century before the Targaryen conquest of Westeros. Um, Twelve years before the Doom, Lord Aenar Targaryen's maiden daughter, Daenys the Dreamer, had a powerful prophetic dream along with visions that Valyria would be destroyed. Foreseeing the Doom, she convinced her father to leave Valyria before the Cataclysm. Heeding the warning, Aenar set sail, moving his entire family and their five dragons to the island Dragonstone. Closely allied families, including the Valerians and the Celtigars, went with them, setting on other islands in the Narrow Sea. So, um, I, I know we're, we're talking about swords, but talking about Valyria is also always interesting. And, um, uh, but the Celtigars and the Valyrians um, are two houses that are, have not played really a role at all in Song of Ice Empire mm-hmm. proper. Um, but they were two powerful houses uh, during the time of the Targaryens. And, um, you know, the, these houses all had, had dragons. Um, which were all lost by, basically, you know, by the time uh, the Dance of the Dragons was over, there were no more dragons in, in Westeros. But, um, you know, you got to imagine Valyria, this place that, that can make these such powerful weapons, and, and, and they have dragons. And, um, you know, so for families from this land to come over to Westeros, it's, it's um, I mean, it's no wonder that Aegon was able to... to, to you'll conquer the seven kingdoms. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that can stop dragons and, uh, and to have these weapons, um, that's just, I mean, basically unbeatable. Um, so anyway, uh, yo, we're going to talk, we'll talk about the doom of Valyria another day. Today we're talking about the, the Valyrian steel swords and we're going to take a quick break and, uh, and we're going to talk about Valyrian steel swords. You're listening to the Princess That Was Promised podcast, where we break down and analyze the world of ice and fire.
Okay, and we're back. The princes that were promised. We're talking about Valyrian steel. And uh, I think, well, uh, I think John and I would both agree um, one of the most famous Valyrian steel swords based on, uh, on the story is ice. And it's also the first the sword, first sword that, that we really come across. So we know yeah. already that there's a... Present for swords are going to be kind of important in this series, right, right? And we see how Stark, Lord Eddard Stark, carrying wielding ice, which pretty much is a ceremonial sword. It's not a sword that you're going to go into a one-on-one -on -one combat with. It's, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great sword. It's a so great it's, sword. It's just nice. it's just way too big to be out there, you know, leading a march in, in a big, you know, chaotic fight. You're, you're only doing it as we see. Be a lot like lifting a a, a, a log. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> trying um, to hit somebody. I don't even it. think the show really showed you how. I mean, the show presents it as a great sword, and it's big. But I don't. I think it's even bigger. It's bigger than it's that. described it's bigger. I think in the um, it's, it's it's described as as wide across a man's hand. Right. Um, or as wide across as a man's hand. So. Um, you know, that's, Jesus, that's, that's the blade. If you, if you hold out the palm of your hand and look from middle finger to, to the, to to the, the palm, to other the, end of your palm, that's as wide as the blade was. So Which is kind of right. It's almost kind of like it's kind an of axe with, with really, in a sword. Right. So, But it's also described as being taller, so longer from, from, from the bottom right. of the hilt to the, to the top of the blade, uh, as being taller than an adolescent Rob Stark. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so just just so try to imagine taller than a twelve year old. So picking up a twelve year old that's yeah, I guess a really skinny twelve year old. Yeah, you know. it just it it almost actually even seems unplausible. Even just even behead someone. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I, it, it just goes to show you how I mean, Edward Stark had be a pretty big guy or anyone. I mean, obviously, I mean before Edward Stark, uh, Lord Rickard Stark, and right. any you know, it's an ancestral sword. Right. So uh, all the all, all the these swords are ancestral the swords. I mean, they they get passed down from. You know, one generation to the next, most of the time, and unless there's, you know, we'll get out the hearts being when it gets passed right, over a right. little bit, but most of the time, it's, it's going to go from father to eldest son. Right. So. Whoever the next lord of the house, he's right. Gonna get, that is the, getting the, the sword, sword or the weapon of the house. Um, but they have you pretty big guys to wield this type of sword. You're not, I mean, just even carry this thing, you have to be on the back. I mean, I, I guess you'd have to carry on your back if you had to walk across with it. I mean, where, how are you carrying well, it? Well, I believe, that, I don't, I don't believe, like you're saying, it's more of a ceremonial sword. So, uh, when we're introduced to ice in A Game of Thrones, Eddard uses it to behead uh, Jared of the Jared Night's Watch. Night's Watch. Who, who was uh, left the Night's Watch. And, um, you know, he uses it to behead him and that's basically all he's using ice for. Um, like you said, he's not going to, no, he's not playing Arthur Dean with ice. No, he's just not this thing in the battle. Um, but I believe Theon carried ice for him and then presented him with ice when you know when when he was about to pass. The right, sentence. someone's gonna have to like carry yeah. that. You know, it's, right. and you know some wards are starting yeah. to have to you know carry that. There's no way you you're putting that. Well, it's possible bag. maybe maybe the Clegane brothers could yeah. wield it. You know, um, Hodor, Hodor possibly, <laughs> but you know, and, and I believe that I believe that. Gregor Clegane has a sword of similar size, size yeah. but it's not a Valyrian steel sword. No. Um, but he's, he's a big also, dude. There's, yeah, he's a monster nobody, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so, um, so ice is, we're introduced to ice in Game of Thrones in, in the first uh, chapter after the prologue, um, the Bran chapter, and uh, Eddard uses it to behead Jared, 
and uh, you know it's described as um, dark and smoky in appearance um, and we see it again in I believe the next chapter in Catelyn when she goes to see her husband at uh, at the heart tree and, and he's um, he's not sharpening it like the Benioff and Weiss would have you believe Valyrian <laughs> steals swords need to be sharpened but he's cleaning he's, it he's cleaning he takes very good care of his things that's right. why the, the Starks have had ice for, for so many thousands of years is because it's a, it's a they precious take care item. Of their it's, stuff. Yeah, they, they want it. It's, it's, to the, for them, it's a collectible. You know, they really want to keep the sword. They want to make sure the sword is in great appearance. They're not going to just like ah, just chop someone's head off, put it back, you know, in its scabbard, and, and let's move on. So uh, a real quick history on uh, the name Ice is the legacy from the Age of Heroes, and the Age of Heroes is uh, you know Brand the Builder and. Um, uh, it, it predates the current sword. I, I don't know. I don't quite get what that means. But well, I think that means I. There was another sword ice from the Starks had. Okay. And this sword ice that we currently have is just named after that sword. This is not the same. So okay. It's not the same ice that they had from ages ago. From maybe the right. you know, the Kings of Winter. Right. From the Age of Heroes. Right. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know where they have to. There's a theory that that sword actually could have kind Found its way to House Dane. It could be Dawn. It could be, but it's not. So you're this, talking about the original ice. The original okay. ice. This is not the original. This is just named so, after. Because again, the Starks very customary. They're gonna okay. We're have this. We're, we're gonna name this or right after the one we have, right. anyways. Well, gonna, they're not. They're not ones for pomp and, and, and yeah, circumstance, but they are sticklers of tradition. Right. And right. Ice is the sword of House Stark, be it a Valyrian steel sword or. Just a really nice, really right. nice sword. So, uh, like, I, I can see if, if somehow, now we're getting into a little while when they when it's bring, broken into two after Eddard's death and all. I can see if they, for every reason, got another Valyrian steel sword somehow. They were probably name it Ice. Just, just right. they would, okay. they, it would just follow that. So they're not going to name right. it something else. They're going to name it in honor of that sword anyway. So it. they'll get, they'll keep on going with it. I would imagine. Okay. Well, this uh, ice, the, the Valyrian steel sword, was um, acquired by the Starks uh, from Valyria about 400 years before um, before A Song of Ice and Fire, before Robert Baratheon's uh, reign as the King of Westeros. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Eddard Stark was the last Stark to, to have ice. And when Eddard Stark, uh, you know, tries his coup in, uh, in King's Landing and... Uh, Littlefinger betrays him. Ice is taken from him by the Lannisters. I have a, I have a good question, I think, right now. Okay. I don't know, because I think you just really fitted this well in here. Okay. Why would Ned bring Ice down to King's Landing with him? That's a good question. I mean, I, I guess you can say, well, it's his sword. He has to protect it, I guess. Yeah. But why would he bring such a huge sword down? Yeah. Instead of just leaving it to the castle, I... well, the only the only re- the only answer I can think of, and I don't know if it's really a good one, but I think that Ice has such a reputation, um, or at least in Eddard's mind, it has such a reputation as being a symbol for justice in the North. Um, so you know, you break the law law in the North. Uh, and I'm not talking about stealing i'm talking about you know you commit murder or or you know a, a crime against the king and, and the realm um and you're especially of of noble blood um 
you know, ice, ice is going to be your justice and, right. and, and you're going to, so I, I think that brings with it. Um, I would just think that maybe the simplest answer, I guess, would just be just more, it was, he brought it down, I guess, for, what's the word, uh. Maybe in his mind, politicking to to, to kind yeah, of more make him more, more intimidation. Uh, like, um, uh, yeah, I can't get the guy, the the godforsaken word. More for show, not for show, but right, no, just, no, but yeah, yeah, for, for I show. Like there's oh, a word on my team. He's, he's got ice with them. Watch out! Like yeah, I'm not, you know, I'll bring this down. This is what we're, this is what we do. You know, right. it's kind of like I behead people with this yeah. sword. And yeah, you're I'm you're bringing, you know, you're a champion. You're, you're bringing that trophy down. down to the next. You know, you're bringing that trophy down or something. Right. That's the only reason right. I can think of because I just think, why do you bring it down? Because I get upset thinking that it's not. You should have left it. You should have left it in Winterfell, and 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 the fate that that came. But now, like you know, it would probably have. It would be. Maybe in Ramsey's hand, or what? It would still probably be in someone else's hand right yeah. now. But so, either case, it's not in the Stark's hand. But I still get very upset that it. Well, I would think that if, if it was in Ramsey's hand, God forbid, you know, it, oh, he'd be cutting people's heads off left and right. That he day. would, but, but is he big enough to actually wield that? Well, thing? I think that answers the question. I think it would have still been ice. I, I don't think. It, I don't think it would have been. It would right. not have been forged. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Well, so bit. yeah, so so basically, what happens with ice is Edard's Edard's taken. Um, and thrown in the dungeons, and then, um, you know, he he, he is brought so, out. So dishonorable that they 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 behead Ned with, with his, his own, own sword. Now that again, I, I can't wait for the lasses get there. So I really can. I mean, well, most of the people that were part of that are are starting to get there or yeah, have so. gotten theirs. But um, so Joffrey calls for his head, and uh, and Sir Ilan Payne. Um, who I think is an awesome character in A Song of Ice and Fire that is just, you know, he was in the first season of Game of Thrones. Uh, the actor that plays him actually had cancer. Right, right. Yeah, that, but, yeah, that's why they, they, um, the shows use Braun instead Yeah, Braun is more taking Sir Ellen Payne's place. Um, but Sir Ellen Payne takes off Ned's uh, head with ice, and you got to think when Ned's looking at that, he's just got to be like, oh, man, <laughs> I fucked this up, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have brought this sword down. <laughs> yeah. That's mistake number one hundred and fifty for Ned. <laughs> <laughs> and oh his reign is hand of the king, but so uh, Tywin Lannister comes to um, to King's Landing, um, and he gets a hold of ice, and he gets Topolmot, who Ned has also had some interaction with. Uh, Topolmot is is the uh, weaponsmith um, based in King's Landing, who was um, sheltering Gendry and teaching Gendry to be a, a, a blacksmith. And um, Tapomat takes ice, and he splits ice into basically two different swords at the command of Tywin Lannister. Um, and Tywin wants... The thing with Tywin is he really wants a sword, a Valyrian steel sword for House, House Lannister. Lannister, because the sword that House Lannister had was lost. <laughs> We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get into it. I can't sword. believe they lost that sword. <laughs> but it's just Basically, so bad. Tywin's ancestors lost their ancestral sword. <laughs> so Tywin has always been very jealous of other houses for having a, a Valyrian steel right, sword. And right. House Lannister, Never had who, it. in his eyes, is the most powerful house in, in the realm, doesn't have one. So now he's got ice, this gigantic sword. And he's like, why well, have just one? I can have two. Two. What's better than one, two? So he splits them off. Uh, he gives one half to Joffrey, Joffrey, his, King Joffrey the First uh, Baratheon, almost said Lannister, and he gives one to his 
Well, he doesn't give it directly to Jamie because Jamie's still missing, but he's confident Jamie will be returned, and he has one made for, for Jamie. And those swords are? Widow's Whale, which Widow's Joffrey Whale. names, mm-hmm. and Oathkeeper, which Jamie later names and gives to... Well, Jamie Brienne. names it with Brienne. Brienne. With Brienne, they come up with the name together. The, Jamie's whole entire arc of, you know, trying to hold his oats and the, his whole entire change. So he, you know, he comes up with the name Oathkeeper. And, you know, obviously Joffrey with Widow's Well, that's just... Well, I think there's a lot... Joffrey to, being Joffrey. There's a lot to be said for the names, I think. Yeah. Um, Joffrey, I mean, I, I, I think it was all those swords. I think all those swords have their own special name. And Joffrey with Widow's Well, it just... Well, Widow's Well is, is a pretty good... Uh, you know, Joffrey's sword names, uh, Lion's Tooth and... Yeah. Widow's Whale. They're just kind of ridiculous uh, names. Outlandish, arrogant, you know, arrogant. spiteful names. Yeah. And that really just fits Joffrey Baratheon. What's to quote? Widow's Whale, and I will make many, many, widow, many yeah. widows with it. Uh, meaning he'll kill a lot of people. And and, and he never does. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's. You know. um, but Oathkeeper is a name that Jamie and Brienne come up with together. And. Um, uh, I really like that. I, I didn't like the name too much at first, but it's it's a really good name mm-hmm. um, because it's fitting. I think it's, it, this is after Jamie's at the end of his journey back to King's Landing, and he's a changed man, um, and he's been called Oathbreaker so many times. Now he has this new Valyrian steel sword and a new outlook on life, so he calls the sword Oathkeeper, uh, and that's the first sign that he really plans on keeping his oath that he made to Catelyn Stark, where he'll never raise a uh, a sword to to Tully or Stark again, uh, so that's what happens with ice. So Widow's Well, where where the whereabouts of Widow Widow's Well right now? Well, I guess it's in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. I guess Tommen has it, but Tommen's way too young really to be wielding swords. He's just caring about cats right now. Mm-hmm. Um, loves those cats. Love those cats. Sir Pounce, <laughs> Sir Pounce, who could be Rosora High. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Um, but that's where I guess it really hasn't been much talked about in the past couple of books where, you know, there's not much no. used. There's not, you know, again, because it's really, how old is Tom now? Nine? Ten? Uh, like he's probably a little older than well, that, right? it, No, probably a little older than that, right? Actually, no, he's not. He's, he's honestly, I think he might be seven or eight. Yeah, right. He's um, not. I mean, not the, the show him. makes him out to be in his teens. Right, because uh, they're like trying to have him like sex out of Mark, right. which the lucky right. bastard, my God. Right. I like Natalie Dormer. She's pretty hot. Oof. Yes. Um, but... Yeah, he's he's, he's, not, he's yeah. not using he's not as interested in, in yeah, swords. Yeah, he's not he's, definitely at that age. Yeah, where he's even carrying it off. Like well, uh, Valerian steel sword. Oh, you know, it's not. I big. think he's just not that he's the opposite of Joffrey, but I think he was so scared of Joffrey, he doesn't want to be like Joffrey. So mm-hmm. something like a Valerian steel sword is not something that um, that that really interests him. Uh, but Oathkeeper is with uh, Jane, uh, not Jane, uh, Brienne. Brienne. So Jamie. Gives Oathkeeper to Brienne, right, and asks her to go and find the the Stark girls, one, uh, two if she can, uh, at least one, but find them and protect them, uh, because he can't do it. He's got his own duties at King's Landing, um, and I love this line: "You'll be protecting Ned Stark's daughters with, with Ned Stark's steel." So he still looks at Oathkeeper as ice. Um, I don't think he looks at it as his sword. Uh, I don't think he wants it as his sword. Uh, yeah, I think Jamie kind of want his own sword. I think. Well, I, you know, I'm sure he'd like to have a Valyrian steel sword. Um, maybe who knows? Maybe Jamie will find uh, Bright Roar somewhere along the line, just floating, you know, floating, in the floating Asia, somewhere. Narrow sea, but uh, he, he's he, Jamie from Game of Thrones would have loved to have ice and an Oathkeeper, but Jamie in a storm of swords doesn't want anything to do with it. 
Um, and I think he sees that the best thing for Oathkeeper is to go with Brienne to defend Ned Stark's daughters. Right. And, and I just love that. I think it's, I think it's poetic. I, I think that is uh, a great decision by Jamie. Um, so let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, for both these swords, well, we'll start with Oathkeeper since we're kind of on Oathkeeper. Brienne has it now. We obviously know the circumstance where Brienne's in right mm-hmm. now. Uh, she does say sword at the end, which she's going to get Jamie. She's not. She not die. A lot of people think, you know, like you right. know, Lady so Stoneheart, she died. No, she right. did say sword at the end. Right. Where do you think? May not necessarily end game, but where do you think the sword will end up with? Um, I think that that's a, that's a good question. I mean. If there was only one or two swords in the realm, I, I would think it'd be easier to figure out where they're going to end up. But for all these swords, I, I have no idea. But I think that Oathkeeper will somehow uh, protect one of the Stark girls mm-hmm. and will help both Jamie and Brienne keep the ills they made. Um, would I like for Oathkeeper to kill... Um, Lady Stoneheart. Catelyn oh God! I, I would Hell love yeah. any sword. I would love Hell any yeah. sword. Just give me any sword. I will take anything, please. But I think that I think that um, would be fitting. Yeah, I mean it'd be great. But God, I, I, I do think her. I do think Oathkeeper will play a part in the end game. What part? I have no idea. Um, uh, Widow's Whale. What do you think Widow's Whale mm-hmm. ends up with? Because Widow's Whale, I think. Honestly, if you know, a gun to my head, I would say Widow's Whale. Because like, Tommen's gonna die, I would imagine. I, I mean, think Tommen's gonna kills, die. It kills Tommen somehow. I think you know the these swords will work against the Lannisters, um, right? With the yeah. exception of, of Jamie, or maybe possibly even Jamie for past sins. But these swords will betray. I can def- definitely betray see widows, their, right. I can definitely see widows well in particular. Yeah. Being betraying their betraying new right. Someone yeah. will take that sword up and you know thrust a sword in Tommen or you know because I gotta think Tommen's gonna die pretty soon. All right, so let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we talk f- about a few other swords that we know the whereabouts of, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll, we'll then we'll start talking about some swords whereabouts unknown. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We are the princes that were promised, the last heroes. Azor, a high. You are listening to our podcast. All right, the princes that were promised, we're back. Um, we're talking about Valyrian steel swords, uh, the, the swords of Westeros that are made of Valyrian steel. And um, there's not many left, uh, you know, according to Tyrion Lann- Lannister. Um, uh, Valyrian steel blades, um, thousands remain in the world, um, but perhaps only 200 in the Seven Kingdoms alone. So uh, one of them is Heartsbane. And Heartsbane is the ancestral blade of House Tarly. Tarly. Um, and the most famous Tarly, the Tarly we're most familiar with, is uh, Sam Tarly. Sam Tarly. John's, bu- John's friend. Um, but Sam does not have Heartsbane. Yes, as I was saying before, in, in most regards it goes down to the eldest son, which Samuel Tarly would be. But since Randall Tarly just thinks so yes. low. I mean, I... I've, no respect for him. No respect. When I read that story in, in you know, Game of Thrones, I it just it, it's like so sad to me because, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been overweight, so I kind of like you know, sensitive to what Sam goes through a yeah. little bit, and just have his father just look down on him and just like you know, if you don't go to the wall, you know, you're pretty much you're gonna die. 
you're not getting the sword. Your sword's going to go to your brother. Who's the brother's name again? I forgot. Uh, I was just looking that up. Uh, uh, Dickon. Dickon. Dickon, yes. It's going to go to Dickon. So Dickon is Samwell's younger brother. Brother, who the but, sword's going to end up going to. It's not going to. Right. Well, because once Dickon was born, Randall Tarley was like, all right, I give up with you, Sam. Um, I'm not going to bother teaching you to be a lord. I'm not going to bother training you to be a warrior. And not only do I give up on you, but you're not getting any of this. Yeah. You're not inheriting this. You're not getting heart's being. Um, so you're going to the wall or you're going to die. And yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a horrible thing to do to a child. Uh, but that's also the way of the world of this world. And a guy like Randall Tarley, you know, to, to be a Lord of, of, of a great house in Westeros, you, you got to know that your heir isn't going to fuck it up because it's not, just about you it's about your family and and you know your, your children's children your children's children's children and you got to know that you know that your valyrian steel sword is in safe hands but you got to know that your lands are in safe hands and that your son's not gonna go and, and, and back down to to these lesser lords who are gonna try and take advantage of them so i get what randall tarley did it's horrible horrible but i get it I definitely get it um so their sword is heart's being and uh it is a it's a it is a two-handed great sword so much mm-hmm. like much like ice um, although it's not quite as big uh, Randall Tarley uh, brings Heartsbane into battle so um, you know a two-handed great sword is it's a little bigger than Longclaw right um, but not much and it's you know it's, it's a two-hand sword well, and we'll get on the Longclaw with the difference in basically the, the hilt you hold it with two hands and, right. and, you, and you swing it and uh, right. Randall Tarley is the kind of guy that can you can handle something like that. Right. No problem. Very, um, he's, Randall's a very, um, basically like kind of like a status in that same type of camp. Mm-hmm. He's a very, he's battle-hardened. He's a good warrior. He's, right. you know, he's the same type of character that status we're, is. We're going to get Randall Tarly in Series 6 of Game right. of Thrones. We haven't gotten him yet. And I, I'm, I'm expecting a remix with the show is going to do. Okay. I'm expecting a remix. How so? Um... Well, first off, I think Samwell's going to come and see his father instead of oh, yeah, the no, book. Definitely have, definitely so have right there, are Ray's remix because yeah, that's great television. Yeah. yeah, and I, I read some stories on it, some theory, some rumored, you know, leaks. I mean, I don't know how plausible it is. Is somehow Sam going to talk, talk, you know, his father Randall and giving him the sword since it is a Valyrian steel sword? It's the last time he did see Sam, him and John talk. We need to find out more about the Valyrian mm. steel swords. So I guess maybe the mission will be to try to see if he can get that sword. But again, Randall, I mean, I don't know how yeah, much I don't he... I don't know. I, I'm not I sure if I can really trust trust that stuff going on. But you never know. I mean, you don't know what the show's going to do. You never know what D&D's going to do. They can yeah. pop up anything right now at this point. But that is going to be a huge remix, I think, for the show. They are actually going to meet instead of Sam actually going to Old Town, which right. one of my favorite things if he's was actually his, his story Old in Old Town. Town. Yeah, I, that's great. just great. Um, so yeah, Randall Tarley is considered one of the best battle commanders right. in Westeros. He's right up there with Tywin, with Stannis. Um, you know, Randall Tarley's right there. And in fact, when Cersei is considering a hand for Tommen, um, you know, when Kevin says no, uh, uh, Jamie suggests Randall Tarley. Um, Kevin actually suggests Randall Tarley also because in taking Randall Tarley as the hand, you have a good uh, battle commander to help finally finish the war uh, and defeat Stannis and uh, also by taking Randall Tarly you're not insulting 
Mace, Mace Terrell, uh, your most powerful ally who Cersei's kind of at odds with. So, right. uh, Randall Tarly's... It's a break, it'd be a bridge hand that can right. maybe bring some... He's a wartime hand. That, yeah. That it, it's a good choice. And Understanding throughout these houses and since the Tyrells and Tarleys, mm-hmm. they, would, they would go with that. House Tarly is a uh, bannerman to the Tyrells. Right. Who are wardens of the of the South. Um, so Randall Tarly is a pretty important dude in Westeros, and he's going to be a pretty important player in the endgame of things, particularly at King's Landing, where he currently is now with Heartsbane. Um, the next Valyrian steel sword we have is uh, Lady Forlorn. John, what do you know of uh, Lady Lady Forlorn? I really don't know much, in all honesty. It's uh, House... How do you pronounce that? I, I, I'm so horrible. House Corbray. Corbray. So, so House Corbray, and we, we meet Lady Forlorn in A Feast for Crows, I believe. I think we the hear swords. about it in Storm of Swords. But we really get to know Lady Forlorn in A Feast for Crows. Uh, the ancestral sword of House Corbray. It has a heart-shaped ruby in its pommel. Uh, and... Uh, it is dark, smoke gray steel, reminiscent of ice, um, you know, Eddard Stark's sword. And uh, it is currently in the hands of Sir Lynn Corbray. Um, and Sir Lynn is not the lord of, of House Corbray. Um, I, f- I, forget his, uh, I forget his brother's name, but his brother is, is lord. He's older. Um, but what happened was... Um, at the Battle of the Trident, uh, Lord Corbray was wounded. His younger son, Lynn, took up the sword and killed the man who had wounded his father. Uh, he then led the charge against the Dornish. Uh, he killed Lewin Martell with uh, with Lady Forlorn. Mm-hmm. And Lewin Martell was of the Kingsguard. Kingsguard, right. And uh, so because of this, um, Lionel, Cor- Lionel Corbray, who, who, who would be Lord of House Corbray, uh, when their Lord, when Lord, uh, uh, whatever their father's name was, when he died, Lionel Corbray becomes the Lord of House Corbray, and he should have uh, Lady Forlorn. But because of Lynn's feats in battle, killing a king's guard, leading a charge, you know, really kind of turning the tides of the Battle of the Trident, um, he gets the sword, which he's okay with, um, and it's still in his hands. And uh, so, how about how about? How about Sir Lynn Corbett? What do you, do you know anything uh, about Sir Lynn? Very interesting character. So Sir Lynn is not enough to remember. Not enough, I actually really. Okay, all right. I mean, this doesn't have to do with the sword, but I, I love this part of Feast for Crows. So Peter Baelish has Sansa in uh, in in the Vale, hidden. Her hair's dyed, um, and it's his his, uh, his bastard daughter, right? So uh, the Lord's paramount. Paramount of the Vale, which is a group of, of great lords in the Vale who mm-hmm. don't want Peter to be running the Vale. This is it. So this is after Lysa, Lysa Aaron right. falls from the window, and uh, and Peter says she, she was pushed by uh, Marillion. Right. Um, okay, I think I've had Starting to come back. Right. So Lords Paramounts were basically saying, Peter, give us uh, Robert Aaron, so we he'll, we'll take him as our ward. We'll teach him to be Lord of the Vale. Why don't you, you, know, you get out of here, we'll give you safe passage, and, and go to Harrenhal. And Peter says, why, why would I do that? He's like, you know, he's my stepson, and, and, and I love him, care for him, and I, and, and I want to teach him. Um, and they're like, no, you're, like, you're full of shit. We know you. We know who you are. We know you're plotting something. Like, you know, get out of here. 
Um, so Peter's plan is he's uh, already made a deal with Lynn Corbray. So what happens during this meeting is Lynn pulls Lady Forlorn out and he, and he holds it against Peter. And Peter starts making this big deal about how Sir Lynn Corbray broke guest right. He's like, you drew a sword on me in my house. I can have you all put in a dungeon for this. And the Lord's Paramount, which is, you know, Lord uh, 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 Royce is, is kind of the, the who, who are the Lord's Paramount? Um, you know, Lord Royce, um, Bel Lord Belmore, uh, Lady... Got all these names just like I can't even. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets so like I, I can't. I, you know, it's like I, w I wish I can go back, and while reading, I should have, you know like run all this stuff down to really remember every little like Malcolm Craig. There's just so much, so many houses. Well, I, you know, it's yeah. There was there was one point in time when uh, yeah, I was listening to the audio CDs often and just just to keep my mind sharp with everything, but um. Uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what, dude? It's not even the Lord's Paramount of the Vale. It's, they're the Lord's Declaron. Lord Paramount of the Vale, of course, is Robert Aaron. Is, right. Is, um, is the Lord's, is Lord Paramount. But the Lord's Declaron is, 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 a, is a group of lords that, um, a group of nobles from the Vale that uh, intend to remove Peter Baelish as Lord Protector of the Vale by any means rest, uh, necessary. Um, so, it, they met at Runestone, which is the ancient seat of House Royce, um, and it's they are, you know, Lord Jan Royce, uh, who's the Lord of House Royce, mm -hmm. Lady An Anya Wainwood, who's the head of House Wainwood, uh, Gilwood Hunter, who's the Lord of House Hunter, Horton Redfort, Lord of House Redfort, um, Benadar Belmore, and uh, Simon Templeton, Sir Simon Templeton. He's not a, a lord, and he's the Knight of Nine Stars. Um, and Lynn Corbett is with them. So they all come to, 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 to the Vale, um, and they try to remove Peter Baelish. Lynn Corbett pulls out his Valyrian steel sword, Lady Forlorn, and um, uh, Peter points out that he can have them all jailed. And they say, whoa, 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 you know, that's not necessary. And Peter basically says, look, give me a year. If you don't like what I've done in a year's time, right, right, right. then I'll leave, and you can take Robert. But... I haven't done harm to the Vale. That was Lysa. I'll, I'll do good by the Vale. Just trust me. Give me a year. And they all grudgingly agree to it, basically because they don't want to be thrown in, in a dungeon. And um, and Sansa is thinking about it and thinking about it, and then she figures out that Peter had had been in cahoots with Lynn Corbray. Lynn Corbray had, had been in cahoots with uh, Peter Baelish. And what Littlefinger basically says is, Lynn Corbray likes little boys, and he likes blood, and as long as he has that, he'll he'll do whatever Littlefinger wants. And uh, you know, I mean, Littlefinger's so skeezy. He's, he's such a horrible, horrible person, but he's so smart, so clever. And Sir Lynn Corbray is a great warrior, but he's a pretty sick, dude. You know, into little boys and, and 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 shedding blood, and you know, but he's in cahoots with with Littlefinger, and um, and he helped Littlefinger secure his his um. You know, his Lord Protector of the Vale status. Right. So that's Lady Forlorn, still in the hands of Sir Lynn Corbray. And um, uh, the next one is Nightfall. Nightfall. Uh, so Nightfall is interesting. We, we, House Harlow. House Harlow, yeah. So there's Nightfall and then there's uh, Red Rain, 
Uh, Nightfall is the ancestral blade of House Harlaw, and Red Rain is the sword of House Drong, not the ancestral sword of House Drong. So basically, uh, so Nightfall is um, wielded by Sir Harris Harlaw, who is the heir to House Harlaw, the Ten Towers. The Lord of House Harlaw is Roderick, the, Roderick the Reader, um, which is Asha's uncle on his mother's side, on her, on her mother's side. And, uh, Yo, he is big because he supports Asha's um, uh, uh, claim to, to Queen of right, Iron Islands. Right. Um, but he also really cares about her and encourages her not to go through with it because he knows that you know Victorian and Euron and and, and, and the Dan pair will, will kill her rather than not be right Lord of the or King of the Iron Islands. Um, so Roderick the Reader, he's he's a good guy. He's a very smart guy. He's always reading his books. We don't see Sir Harris too much, but we know that he's not Roderick's son. Um, maybe a nephew, but he is the heir to the Ten Towers, and he is—he's got Nightfall, and um, I—I I don't believe that it's got a Moonstone pommel. Is—is is the most we know about it. Uh, Dalton Greyjoy took Nightfall from a dead corsair, um, and we're not sure how it passed to uh, to House Harlow. I mean, we know that uh, corsair is basically a pirate. So, um, you could probably imagine maybe some, yeah, that three or something, maybe, yeah. Um, but that's the thing with, with Nightfall and Red Rain is they seem like they were swords taken by uh, the Iron Men as plunder, basically, right? And uh, Nightfall was taken so long ago that it's an ancestral blade, but Red Rain, the sort of house drum, was stolen in a raid. Uh, Hilmar drum took the blade from an armored knight with nothing but his wits and a wooden cudgel. From then on, he was called. Hilmar the Cunning. Um, red Rain is uh, red in color, and uh, a lot of people think that it was the ancestral sword of House, House Rain. Rain. The Reigns of Castamere. Exactly. <clears throat> Who were um, bannermen to the Lannisters. Lannisters. And uh, so I think to maybe the First Greyjoy Rebellion and. Um, you know, Victorian uh, beat the Lannisters at, at Lannisport. And I, 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 I mean, my first thought is, you know, one of these drums got the sword from the reins at that point in time, but mm -hmm. um, that may not be the case. But Red Rain was, was definitely taken, it was stolen. Um, that's not an ancestral sword. Um, so those are just, those are the swords in Valyria that we know the whereabouts based on the text. Um, these are, none of these swords are mentioned in A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, in Game of Thrones, the, the television series. Um, there is one more sword, uh, John's favorite sword. My favorite sword. Uh, possibly my favorite sword. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about Longclaw. Longclaw. Born amid salt and smoke, beneath a bleeding star, we are the princes that were promised. The princes that were promised, we are back. The wardens of Strong Island. Um, John, Sean, and uh, we're talking about Valyrian steel swords. And right now we're talking about swords that we know the whereabouts of. And uh, probably the most well-known of these swords, even more well-known than ice, is... John, take it away. Longclaw. Longclaw. Which is the ancestral sword of House Mormont. Okay. Um, currently in the hands of... Currently? Well, right uh, now, we uh, don't really know where right. it's currently in the going. For most of the Song of Ice and Fire. Perfect. 
it, currently, yeah. yeah, for the most of the story of what we know, it's in the hands of Jon Snow. And what we do know before that, uh, it was uh, in the hands of Jorah Mormont, being the El, you know, being the son of Jir Mormont, the Lord Commander. And you know, Jorah, that you know, was selling slaves. Like he was selling. What was his? Po- to- caught, he, Jorah, Jorah caught, caught poachers on his land, and this is at a point where Jorah was uh, already in debt. He he was uh, he bought all these uh, uh, cooks and 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 uh, singers and 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 you know uh, acting troops. He brought them mm-hmm. all to Bear Island to to try and keep um, uh, shit. What was it? Uh, the High Tower, um, one of the High Tower women that he he fell in love with. Oh, what was her name? Was it like Lenice? Lenice. 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 Oh, Lenice. Yeah, High Tower. He fell in love with her. He married her, and she was so unhappy on Bear Island because Bear Island is basically the boondocks. It's the woods. Yeah. And Jorah likes it. It sounds like a place I would like, but she was not into it, and um, so he brought all these. You know, spent a lot of money bringing all these people and and, and, and things over for her enjoyment, and. He fell into great debt, and uh, he caught some poachers on his land, and he sold the poachers to slavers, and Eddard Stark heard about this, and Eddard Stark was going to bring ice over to Bear Island, so Jorah skipped town, but the last thing he did was... Well, the one honorable thing that he did, I mean, he could have been a sleazeball to Lux, mm-hmm. and I guess he, you know, just noticing the stuff that he did was not right, he... Gave back the sword. His the that was that was his by by the by, by right of law. I mean, he could have sold. He could have sold. Could have sold it. He easily could have sold it. He could have given it to the highest bidder. He could have taken it with him. And exactly could have done either or. Could have easily done either or. But the honorable thing, he gave it back to his father, Jir Marmont. And Jir Marmont just then took the sword back, and it stood in his quarters all that time until I remember this almost word for word till one. Faithful night where a witch, a half dead, half living, uh, who was the, it was the, it was, uh, what Night's Watch guy was that? It was, starts with an O. Yeah, um, uh, Othor, or something like yeah. that. Something. Otho. Like, yeah, yeah, some name like that, uh, came back to life and was going to, was in the quarters of Jeremiah. I was going to kill the Lord Commander. Yeah, I was going to kill Jor Mormon. And John Snow, who at this time, I think was already having it out with Alistair Thorne. Well, he he threatened Alistair Thorne. Alistair Thorne, I think, with a blade or something. With a blade, yeah, yeah because Alistair was you know talking, sh- talking, talking crap, about you know, a bastard, and so yeah. a bastard's you know traitor, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And again, with the show, and you know, God forbid they show any direwolf action in the book. It's so much better because Ghost is in there with John God against the Wit, and actually the Wit was almost going to strangle Ghost to death, but yeah. you know they they fight it out. And basically, John saves your mom's life. He had the whole entire, you know, he threw the lamp at, you know, and kills the wit with the with the fire and yeah. burns his hand. I know, you know, burn the hand. Like he, he can't be a Targaryen if you burn his hand. Nonsense. But anyways, <laughs> um, so after protecting and saving Jeremiah's life, what's actually interesting to know we've talked about before that the swords are indestructible. The sword itself was actually in the corner where it was burned, though, when that room was burned. Right. And it had no destruction to the sword. I mean, well, the, it did. Well, the not pummel. The sword itself. Yeah. The pummel, yeah. like, the, the, yeah. the handle, the pummel did, but the sword itself was fine. So, before, we, in the Mormon's hand, at the bottom of the pummel was a, the head of a bear. A bear. Right? Uh, so, in that fire, the, the pummel gets destroyed. It gets destroyed. And Jiramamont has then 
redoes the pommel in hand and gives the sword to John as payment for his life, the ancestral sword. And John it gives the, the the wife the wife the white head wolf the white headed wolf right, as the pommel. the bear with the, the with ghost ghost head, ghost his head. Kind of, kind of an honor to ghost also since ghost was also in there. And John kept the name Longclaw. Yeah. He could have John could have changed the name if he wanted to. Sure. John like saying you know, he you could have changed it, but he kept the name Longclaw because just like bears, wolves have long claws as well. Yep. And that's so cool. Yeah. And just the whole thing with Longclaw is so cool. And just, you know, you think about the idea of, of Jon Snow, uh, um, Dance with Dragons, Jon Snow, as Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, with, you know, Ghost at his side and, and Mormont's Raven on his shoulder and, and you know, Longclaw, you know, over his back. And, and just, just that picture of Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Jon Snow, mm-hmm. you know, the bastard of Winterfell, like, it's just such a cool uh, uh, characterization, such a cool image. He's starting to get all these like honorable things that yeah, you say other, you know, like uh, you know, Jeremiah was a very respectful man, at least for most of the Night's Watch. Obviously, the Knights, there's those, you know, well, they turn slowly on but slowly they turn on them, but they turn on them and kill them. Um, but you know, those are extreme circumstances, and, right? Yeah, it was more, that was more a reflection of what the Night's Watch had become. Right, um, exactly. Murderers and rapists and, and the worst of Westeros um, and not what it once was, which was, you know, honorable knights, honorable men from noble houses who would inherit no land, went and joined the Night's Watch and they went there for honor. Uh, and now it's something where where the worst of the worst are being forced there as uh, as a choice between death or losing a hand joining the Night's Watch. Um, but uh, Longclaw is the most well-known Valyrian sword, like we were saying, and that's because John... Such a major POV. Major POV, and he, and, he, and he has the most action. He uses Longclaw a lot. He, um, he, he gets it in Game of Thrones, but in The Clash of Kings, he uses it uh, to fight the Wildings, and then he uses it to kill... He kills Corn Halfhand. Uh, with with Longclaw, mm-hmm. um, he escapes from the Vens at Queen's Crown in the Storm of Swords. Um, he at the Battle of Castle Black, he's using Longclaw. He, well, and that will not really. He has it, but no. really the battle, the battle, the Battle of oh, Castle okay. Black, yeah. he's really using the whole entire arrows from up mm. up the top of the wall, which is different from the show. And the in the book, he's still injured from the arrow shot, right. so he really can't. You in know, the show he's running around like Mad yeah. Mardigan just. <laughs> Which I love, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. You know, he shows John's savviness. It's more realistic battle. In the yeah, book. he. You <laughs> know, it's, it's more of savviness of creating scare yeah. with the scarecrow. He was commanding a battle. And, yeah. yeah, he was more of a commander than more of a warrior, so to speak. Um, and another side note too. I mean, John, when he was about to leave the wall, also leaves the sword, the sword back at. His, at, at Castle right. Black because he he felt like he, there's a, no way that's that a good point so this is Game of Thrones when he decides that uh, he's gonna fight for Edward, Rob this is after was Ed, Edward was imprisoned or when Edward in prison. was beheaded uh, in prison when he was because cause Rob what? is sending out the, the ravens and Rob got, pulls the banners yes and and John's like I gotta be at Rob's side like right. forget the Night's Watch that's where I gotta be at Rob's side because he's, he's so questioning himself there. Right. Like, there's a and he's questioning who he is like the night before he actually leaves he's questioning himself and you know Least of all, I'm not in a Targaryen intent, but he goes off and he leaves the sword in 
there. He doesn't take it with him because right. he feels that it's not right for right. him to take. It, that know, would like, be that almost that would be like stealing the sword. Yes, because he's already gonna break. It. He's gonna break a vow. Right. I'm not gonna steal the sword at all. So he's gonna leave it for Jira Mamat. Which is a lot like Jor. Yeah, Jorah like, does. Um, but John doesn't go through with breaking his vows. He comes back, um, much to the good of the realm, most likely. Uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, scene with Longclaw in it, though, and I'm sure it's probably one of yours too, is uh, in the Dance with Dragons when John beheads. John oh God, God, it's so oh, God. And the, the poetry of that. Oh my God, it's so how, good. Uh, how it, it, Janice was responsible for training Ned oh, and. and you're and reading that like, with ice, and then he gets beheaded with Longclaw by Ned's bastard son. Oh, I love it! I love it so much because yeah. you know when you in that scene, you know John is gonna have him beheaded, not yet um hung. Yeah. He was gonna have him hung. Excuse me. And you're thinking like, oh, there's John again being the goody two shoes, yeah. and Janice once again kind of like trying to get out of the open, situation. Yeah, trying he's to just talk his way out. Yeah, he's trying to use his mouth. And then next thing you know, it's Ed fetch me a block. And then at that point, you know, all right, he's not gonna hang him. He's getting long claw, and you're yeah. just reading that. And when I read it, I'm just thinking to myself, "That's awesome. here's the revenge for Ed Art. Yeah. You know, like it, that's one of the he, only instances of, of revenge. revenge. And it's like yeah. you know, and it's just so poetic, 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 poetic yeah. justice yeah. that it's John, not Rob. Not any of the the natural right. born Starks. It's Edard's bastard son yeah. who does it. Yeah. To me, that's just so poetic in that. And he takes Longclaw. You know, I just I just love the imagery of Stannis being there. We, I love it. I I can watch and the show did a good job of that too. I I can just think of that Stannis nodding in approval after John swings and unlike Rob taking twenty you know strokes to kill Lord Karstark, it's just one right off. Yeah. Kills Janice Lane, he looks up in their status with that nod of approval. It's just like sweet justice. Yeah. And I just, I love it. I, 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 can, I can read that over and over again. I can, it, it's great. I, Janice Lane, you deserved it. You know, I got powerful friends. Well, those powerful friends aren't going to help you right now because you opened up your mouth one last too many times. Yeah. That was great. And, um, you know, now, Longclaw, I so don't... Where, where is Longclaw now? Uh, well, we know John was trying to get it when and the uh, when he was betrayed. Well, without going into what, what John's fate, which we, we, we've which done we, in, we've in done our first it. episode, but... I have to imagine that Bowen Marsh or someone at the Wall is going to take that sword and claim it as their own or claim it as for the next Lord Commander, perhaps? That's what I would think, too. Because it was, it was Gior Mormon's right. sword, and even though he was killed by the Night's Watch, he's still respected by Bowen Marsh and, and, and the other um, leaders on the Night's Watch, and uh, they're going to want to uh, keep keep the sword safe. Um, and I doubt Bowen Marsh is going to want to wield it, and I don't think that Bowen Marsh is looking to be Lord Commander either. Maybe he is. That's a topic for a different day, but right. I would think they'd keep the sword safe and for whoever the unless next. they just keep it I don't, I don't know I, don't, I, would, I would not imagine they would, they would have to give it to someone I would think I well, don't well that I goes can't. back into into the planning of John's murder and, and is it gonna everything just gonna fall into anarchy do they have no plan were they just killing him or were they uh, yeah, do they have a, a, a plan in place for after he's dead now I know in the show next season we the leaked pictures we see that John does still have long claws so, yeah. but I'm not sure if that's gonna be that way in the books maybe it is I don't I'm leaning towards no well 
that will I mean, he would have to have some sort of sword, at least for some point in time. He's going to have to have some sort of sword, you would imagine, when he comes back. And I don't know. What, I think it's going to be a, little, a lot different, maybe. That, that's assuming that a book is published. Yeah. In our yeah. lifetime. So, Longclaw. Um, yeah. um, another, what, what we learned about Longclaw from the show, and we can kind of hope that it's true in the book, or think it's true in the Definitely book, Definitely hopefully, because... Just plausibility that there's got to be some other weapons like Dragonfire that can kill White Walkers. Well, d- Dragon Steel, right? Dragon Steel. Dragon Glass. Dragon Glass is, can. Is, so hopefully Valerian Steel can also. It's forged by dragons. Yeah. By Dragonfire. So we've got to think that. Have to admit, the safe bet is that Valerian, the Valerian Steel swords can actually kill a White Walker. Right. Um, it, it makes the most sense narratively. Right. There has to be a weapon that they can use against him. There's some reason that George put. Valyrian steel swords in his story. And there's not too weapons. many of them, at least no. definitely not known. Right. It's not right. like, you know, if that's what makes the specialness of it all, like right. the uniqueness and the the importance. Like, you know, we were just talking in our last segment about I mean some of the swords I wasn't really too fond of, but let's like you know, these these houses have these swords, you know, nightfall, red rain, you know, they're gonna have to come into a to importance to team up or something. Well, you know what's you know what's interesting? Counting that ice is broken into two swords, Widow's Whale and Oathkeeper, there's, according to A Song of Ice and Fire, what we read, there's seven known. Okay. Right? Seven so Longclaw, one. Red Rain, two. Nightfall, three. Lady Forlorn, four. Heartsbane, five. Widow's Whale, Oathkeeper. That's seven or is that eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Seven swords. Faith of the seven. That goes back to my thing, and you're the kind of thing too, with a team up of seven people on a quest to, you know, each one of them taking a, a, um, um, a characteristic yeah. of, of the seven. Uh, I yeah, mean, father, mother, warrior, smith, maining, crone, stranger. You know, it's all it's all tinfoil until we get a book. Yeah, and uh, well, we just don't know if we'll ever get a book. I thought maybe you, I was thinking maybe like you're going with like thirteen or something like that with all the swords oh, they possibly well, know the Lord Commander thirteen. I, I don't know what was he, I thought that's being all there, but it, it could be the seven known yeah. swords, and we're gonna go later on a little well, bit we're gonna, we're gonna the talk, unknown swords. We're gonna come back and talk about the Valyrian steel swords that we know exist, but we don't know where they are. And there's wouldn't you know it? There's seven of those too. Right. So, it's so seven and seven. Like right? uh, that's what I was. That's interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Okay, well, that's as good a place as any to uh, take a break for today. And we'll be back uh, very soon um, with part two of our discussion on Valyrian steel. So uh, I'd like to thank my co-host, the illustrious John Cantine. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening. As always... Click subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, and we'll talk to you soon.